right, folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to discuss this Denver Nuggets win as the Nuggets defeat the Miami Heat. Final score, 124-119. A close game, one that probably should not have been this close. I think Denver played with their food for a long time, was not impressed with the Heat. Thought that the Nuggets probably should have been a little bit better than they were, especially defensively. The Heat shot really, really well. They've got some good shooters on their team. Max Struess did well. Duncan Robinson did well. Tyler Hero did well. Honestly, all those guys hit from outside uh, 40% from the field or from three. Also shot 90% from the line, 27 of 30 from the free throw stripe. Denver, by comparison, 17 of 22. I think that this game probably should not have been as close as it was. However, Denver was down. They needed that comeback. They needed in that fourth quarter to get the lead back where it had been. Uh, It was like they were down eight, down 10 in that fourth quarter, and they needed a run in order to complete this comeback. Nikola Jokic was great. Jamal Murray was good when it counted. KCP was perfect from the field. That was very interesting. And you got a lot of contributions, especially from behind the three-point line from your bench. It was really impressive stuff. Bones Highland, five of six from three. Vlako Chanchar, three of three from three. Bruce Brown, two of five. Got the three-point shooting that you needed. Denver, 60.7% from three. 17 of 28. That has to be the highest of the season. I can't imagine there's a a better number than that. But what this game really came down to, especially at the end, was Denver's guys versus Miami's guys in the clutch. You had on one side, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo. And on the other side, you had Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray. Denver's guys, they absolutely brought it. They knew exactly what needed to happen in those moments. Miami's guys... They had some good moments, some good baskets, but Denver got the stops that they needed right at the end in order to prevail in this one as this game kind of, it really did come down to the wire here where two minutes left to go in the game and it's anybody's call. It's anybody's, anybody's guess as to who's going to win. But in Denver, in front of the home crowd, you knew that Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic would be getting to the spots that they needed to get to in order to hit shots, in order to do their thing. And that is exactly what took place. Down the stretch, those guys assisted on each other's baskets and got a whole bunch of stuff out of their two-man game, generating shot after shot after shot, and, and also free throws and fouls. In the situation where they needed to burn clock and they needed to make shots, Denver got both of it from both of their guys. Murray had not had a good game up until that point. Only finished four of nine from the field. Didn't get a lot of shots up. It was a very interesting shot distribution. You had eight guys in double figures. Nobody above 20 points. And that was KCP who took seven total shots. Just happened to make all seven. Jokic led the team in shot attempts in 15. Porter had 11 in 25 minutes and was the second leading shot taker. It was just a very interesting, even distribution on what Denver had to do. Ultimately, they knew that it had to come down to the ending minutes. 
Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, very comfortable in those situations. Uh, They have the confidence of the team. They have the fear of the opponent. You know that when Butler was out there, he was guarding Murray at the end of the game. Jokic was out there being guarded by Bam, who many people think is a defensive player of the year candidate and will continue to be so. Bam Adebayo tonight, four steals, two blocks. Very, very impressive stuff from him. But when Jokic needed to go where he wanted to, he was able to get there. Murray set the table for him beautifully on a couple of passes late. Uh, Jokic had a 15-footer. He had a three-pointer, two three-pointers in the fourth quarter, or one in the the third, one in the fourth, excuse me. But the second three-pointer was in the clutch. And it was just such a backbreaker for the Heat, where you know that they've been playing great defense. They have the scout on Jokic. You know that that's the thing that you're supposed to give up to him. And Bam was in Jokic's airspace. But Jokic always makes those shots when the time is absolutely necessary. Need to make that at home. Need to make those shots. And you get it done. And he does it consistently no matter where the defense is. It's incredible. And then Murray. One of his shots that he took. like He took a couple here. Uh, One of them was a catch and shoot three. Right towards the end of the game. Or not not right towards the end. uh, about like two minutes left in the game, where he dishes the ball down to Jokic at the nail. Bam Adebayo is on Murray, but Bam is sagging into the paint, trying to prevent Jokic from getting where he wants to go. Jokic trusts Murray in that situation, kicks it out. Murray hits the clutch catch and shoot three. And that was a big one because it put Denver up. Obviously, the Heat were making things difficult. They weren't just going away. They scored 29 points in the fourth quarter, but Denver scored 39 points themselves. They had to have all of those points, and they got them. They got them from other guys too, but the majority of it down the stretch, 13 of the last 19, were Jokic and Murray going back and forth. Murray, uh, the one shot that was unassisted between Jokic and Murray at the end of the game, Murray ran two-man game with Jokic, was trying to pass it off, or was, was thinking about it. But the lane opened right up for him, and he hit a very cool, calm, and collected floater over the top of, I believe, Tyler Hero. It's just really impressive stuff from those guys. And it shows the level of confidence that they have in each other. Michael Malone shared this quote post-game with me, that those guys could be like, whatever that's happening in the first 45 minutes of the game, doesn't matter. They know, the Nuggets do, that you can always go to Jamal and Nicola in the two-man game. You can always put them in a situation where they will generate a great shot, no matter how good the defense is. The Heat, they have no answer for those two. None. The only answer that I really saw was trying to get the ball out of their hands. And honestly, I think the Heat did a pretty good job of that with the way the Jokic was passing, with the weird distribution of shots tonight. I think the Heat did a lot of good things on the defensive end, but Denver just hit shot after shot. And it was incredible to watch. Just a lot of fun. A lot of times in the moments, I'm more thinking about the errors, more thinking about what's preventing them from separating. But when you step back and look at it, the Nuggets had 20 turnovers tonight, and they still scored 124. They had a 122 offensive rating in the half court with 20 turnovers. 
that's honestly incredible. That is best offense in NBA history level pace against the Miami Heat, a really, really strong defense, top five. And you also committed 20 turnovers. It's just incredible. Going, shooting a higher percentage from three than you do from the field. Very, very funny. Uh, but then for just with the captaining of Jokic and Murray, those guys know exactly what you need in those moments. Denver gets better shots than anybody in those stretches, and they trust in those guys to hit in the in-between game, where you don't always have to have a three. You don't always have to have a layup. With Jokic, you can get a floater from 10 feet. With Murray, you can get a step back two from the elbow. You don't necessarily have to have everything perfect, and they can work the in-between game just as much as they work uh, trying to get behind the three or trying to get to the rim. Those are obviously the goals, but it's very clear that Jokic and Murray, they just know how to get buckets in those situations, and the team will always trust them in those situations too. That is the best thing about playing together for a long time, knowing exactly what it takes, what the other person is thinking, and having so much of a sample size that you know. You know what it takes. You know what the team needs. And the team has gone through so many, like thousands of clutch time reps at this point with Jokic and Murray out there. They know what's expected of them. They know how to handle it. Ever since Murray's second year, which is 2017-18 basically, those guys have been working together on this stuff. And it's been great to watch. It really has. Those guys know what they're doing. And it is the best show in basketball when those guys get rolling on the two-man game. It is beautiful to watch. Uh, even the the miss that Murray had right at the buzzer, uh, it was like the 40-second mark, the 45-second mark or so. He had a miss right at the buzzer, but they were just running clock in some beautiful two-person, uh, two-man game motion where you're getting looping uh, looping DHOs, kickouts, step backs, drop-offs, DHOs. It was just awesome. <laughs> just watching those two, it really is a, a level of poetry that I don't think a, a lot of NBA fans truly appreciate. But once those guys get back into the playoffs and they're doing the same thing there, oh man, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the rest of the rotation, uh, including Aaron Gordon making his return and KCP going perfect. We'll be right back. And roll. I want to tell you a little bit about Superbook Sports. Add this to your New Year's resolutions. Win money in 2023 with Superbook Sports. Superbook is over three decades of sports wagering experience in Las Vegas, so you'll get the best odds anywhere as we head into the football playoffs. Plus, check out their special odds boosts and promotions at Superbook.com. Make 2023 the year when you win money from Vegas. Download the Superbook Sports app now and place your bets. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's get back into it. I want to go over the rest of the guys. Uh, Let's start actually with Aaron Gordon, who made his return tonight. 
It wasn't great. It wasn't perfect. It was definitely rusty. That's for sure. He had three turnovers tonight, and all three were in the first quarter. Uh, missed a couple free throws. Missed. A, he had a pull-up three that was a little bit odd. And then there were some plays in that first quarter where it just felt like he was kind of out of place, and it took him a little bit of time to really get back into the swing of things. But they mirrored his minutes in the first half with Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy for a while did not have a great game. He was getting his assists for sure, but hasn't had to make an impact at all on the scoring front. And it wasn't until the second half when they decided not to mirror Butler's minutes with Aaron Gordon. And Butler then started going off and really taking advantage of guys like Bruce Brown. Uh, I thought Jamal at times looked a little bit small when guarding Jimmy Butler. But uh, like that's always going to happen. I think uh, Jimmy's really good. He's really, really talented. And then when Aaron Gordon got back out there, certainly felt like Jimmy didn't really have that much of an impact anymore. Uh, he was kind of defaulting to Tyler Hero, Max Struess, Bam Adebayo, guys like that. It felt like he could have had a larger imprint on the game, and Aaron Gordon took him out of that. He, he did a great job defensively. Butler just doesn't want to attack Aaron Gordon because he's 6'8", strong as a bull, and they're not going to get as many calls. Like Aaron Gordon fouled just once tonight, and he's very, very competent at that, just does a lot of good things. And his overall, he, I think he was positive tonight. 11 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. Did have the 3 turnovers, as I mentioned, but the and one that he had over Kyle Lowry right at the end of the game in clutch time. Just a super impressive play where he was trying to pivot, he was trying to jump, and his foot slid out from under him on his jump, and he flips the ball up over him as he's falling onto his right injured shoulder. Looked like he was grimacing in pain. Kyle Lowry fouls him, and one. Ball just rolls around a little bit, then drops through. It's those plays that Denver was missing without Gordon out there. Like They don't have that much of a physical presence at the rim outside of Jokic, and having Aaron Gordon back, you could really see how that how that helped out. Because against the Heat, you have to be physical. There's no other way to do it. They will flop a little bit, but you have to be physical, and Denver was able to make that work. KCP, 7 of 7 from the field, 4 of 4 from 3, 2 of 2 from the line. Fantastic game overall. 20 points on 7 shots is just an incredible number. Also had 2 rebounds, 2 assists, two, did have 2 turnovers, but was a plus 7 tonight. Jokic led the way with plus 14, and then you had some bench guys. Uh, there was a lineup that had Jokic out there along with KCP that was pretty successful, but uh, really good stuff from Denver's group uh, with uh, with KCP out there. He did a lot of good things. Even though there were some miscommunications with uh, between Hero and Struess and trying to make that work, I still think that KCP is just one of those guys that you're going to trust in all of these situations as a veteran, knowing what he can do on a consistent basis and that he is probably the most consistent defender on the team. His effort and like it, it, it was waxing and waning a little bit in November, but in the month of December, I've been really impressed with what KCP has done. He just gets into the business of other players, makes it more difficult for them, and he drew that illegal screen call 
on Bam Adebayo right at the end of the game, basically sealing the deal after he had made his first and only two free throws. So very strong play from KCP. Denver doesn't win this game without him. There's no doubt about that. And it's nice to see. It's nice to see him do it. Now onto the bench. Actually, oh no, Michael Porter. Porter did not have a good game. 10 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, whatever. Minus 5 in 25 minutes. Um, Did not have a good game. Missed the, the threes that he did take. Missed a couple free throws. Did have a couple of nice drives. I, I will give him that, that there were some physical drives. He had one against Duncan Robbins and kind of shoving him out of the way a little bit. Uh, had a dunk in the clutch off of a Aaron Gordon dump-off pass. That was great. And it wasn't like the most athletic dunk though, so still looks a little bit tentative to be clear. But the big thing is defensively, he just doesn't have a great matchup in a in a game like this where his his options are really okay. Haywood Highsmith in the first half and matched up there fine, not a big issue. But when he has to switch and guard Tyler Hero or chase around Duncan Robinson or Max Struess, those guys were open the entire time. It's honestly a surprise that Robinson went only three of seven, that Max Struess went only four of eight from three. Those guys could have been more open. They, they were more open than that. And they are good enough shooters that they can go six of seven or seven of eight or whatever. So I'm glad that they didn't, obviously. But Porter got benched at the end of the game. He couldn't keep up with Hero. He was getting roasted on a couple of occasions. And the Nuggets decided to go back to Bruce Brown in those clutch moments. And that is going to be something that is sort of the push and pull on whether you can play Michael Porter or not. Denver tried. They have been trying. They've been letting him go in those clutch moments and and letting him kind of work through his mistakes. But this is the second straight game in the clutch where Porter has been the mark in a lot of cases. And he's going to continue to get targeted. There's no doubt about that. I hope this is uh, just a little bit of fatigue, a little bit of maybe it's back pain. Maybe it's just something that he can work through. And once he feels healthier, he will be able to move a little bit better. But this appears to be the norm right now. And it's tough. Like I I want him to be part of what they're doing. But too often he is having to be taken off the court because either he's not really getting what they're doing offensively or he's making too much of a mess of things defensively. So I want him to be successful. I really do. But we still haven't seen a consistent stretch lately where Porter has done both of those things. Bruce Brown, solid game for Bruce Brown. Not necessarily a great defensive game, but did have some good offensive minutes. 13 points, 5 of 8 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, uh, 1 of 2 from the line, 4 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 turnovers. He's a guy who, in this situation, I, I liked what he did with his floater game. I'm not necessarily a proponent of the floater that often, but I think he made every single one tonight. And the only other shots that he took were floor spacing threes. And if you hit 40% on those, that's pretty good. Sometimes it feels worse because Denver shot 60% tonight as a team. So Bruce Brown at two of five actually dragged down the average a little bit. Like he would have dragged down the average if he went three of five. That's how hot Denver was as a team. 
But I do think that Bruce Brown, man, I, I don't know. Like, I want to see him continue to play point guard and see if they can find some success there. I want to see what it looks like when he's playing point guard with uh, a lineup like KCP, MPJ, Christian Brown, and some big man that can pass. Like if it was, I don't know, uh, Mason Plumley or somebody like that, then you're, you're doing pretty well, I think, with that group. As it stands, Denver gets to that Bruce Brown at point guard without Murray and with Jokic lineup. They went to it at the beginning of the – or like the middle of the first, middle of the third quarter. And I thought it was fine both times. Definitely not anything to really write home about, but it feels like a good weapon for when Murray is sitting. And Murray's going to have to sit at various points in the playoffs, so they have to continue to explore that for sure. But I, it's the balance between how much of that can you do versus how much do you have to play Bones and how much do you uh, play Murray in those situations. Uh, Murray played 34 minutes tonight. I thought that was more in line with where he should be. Bruce Brown played 26. Part of that at point guard. Part of that at like most of it at small forward. There were a couple of times where he was at shooting guard, but not a ton. I don't think he's great at small forward in general. I think that point guard is probably his best position on the Nuggets right now, especially when he's with Jokic. But they're going to have to continue to find more creative ways to shift him up to the point guard and shooting guard spots because right now he's playing a lot of small forward and it's cutting Christian Brown out of the rotation almost entirely. So we will see if they can make that work. Christian Brown, as I mentioned, three minutes tonight, basically uh, the 10th man in a nine-man rotation. Tonight it was a DeAndre night. Vlaco is in place of Jeff and it's just not there for Christian if they are going to stagger a starter, which they are. Uh, This is now out of 35 games, this is now the 34th or the 24th that they have not gone full bench. They have staggered at least one starter. So this is a consistent thing. This is just how things are going to be with Christian Brown. And they'll probably have to wait for an absence. They'll probably have to wait for an injury in order to see him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell people. But yeah, um, let's go to Vlaco. Vlaco, five of five from the field, three of three from three, two of two from the line. Had a perfect shooting game himself, uh, just like KCP. 15 points for Vlaco. Didn't have any rebounds, but had three assists, including a really nice drop-off time to Jokic. Also had a nice kick out to Bruce Brown in the first quarter, where he is uh, the role man in a Jamal Murray uh Vlaco Chanchar pick and roll. DeAndre Jordan was in the dunker spot on that. Bruce Brown was in the corner. And I like the way that that was, that was run. I think when you get Vlaco on the short roll, he makes good decisions with the basketball more often than not. So getting him to a place where he can be the quarterback, that is a great, great thing for Denver most of the time. So he was a plus nine, made his shots. That was a big reason why. Uh, I do think that He'll need to be better on the glass a little bit, but he took a charge from Jimmy Butler today. That was pretty cool. And Jimmy just charged right at him, and Vlaco just stood in his ground and took the charge and went about his merry way. He was very, very good tonight. DeAndre 
12 minutes minus nine. That feels pretty reasonable. Uh, feels pretty right. Jokic was a plus 14 in his 36 minutes. DeAndre was a minus nine in his 12. Uh, I thought that there were some possessions that was just pretty bad from DeAndre in general. He did have three baskets, six points, three rebounds. So it wasn't like it was completely wasted time or anything like that. But I thought that the I thought that this would be a good Zeke game because you want to switch a little bit against the Miami Heat. You don't necessarily want to give a guy like Jimmy Butler the opportunity to get hot in the fourth quarter by playing drop coverage against him. You want a guy like Zeke Naji who can switch out onto him, guard him capably one-on-one, and try to force him into some tough shots. Uh, Jimmy didn't have any tough shots while DeAndre Jordan was out there. And then the rebounding, uh, Denver tied with Miami, 36-36 to on the glass. That's not good. Like, Denver should be rebounding better. And Jordan only getting three. Bruce Brown got four in his 26 minutes. Uh, Bones got one in his 23 minutes. That was bad. And uh, Christian Brown got one while he was out there in his three minutes. So uh, he had the same number as Bones and more than Blacko. Uh, some of this is a byproduct of just not getting a lot of rebounding opportunities. But I do think that Denver can be better in that regard. Giving up some defensive re- or some offensive rebounds to guys like Orlando Robinson and Bam and one to each of the starters for the Heat, they almost won this game with their hustle. There's no doubt about it. Bones tonight, kind of an enigma. Not really sure how to feel about it. 16 points in 23 minutes, 5 of 9 from the field, 5 of 6 from 3. The threes that he took were, were like, there were mostly good ones, uh, I thought, based off of what he normally does. But he just made all the shots that were necessary. When he took those shots, he was very confident, very composed in those deliveries. And that was the very important thing when trying to combat the zone that Miami Heat was getting into. Or they were just sagging into the paint a little bit, trying to dare Denver at times to shoot some threes. And Denver obviously hit 60%, so not necessarily the best plan. But 16 points for Bones, 4 assists. Did have six turnovers. It's hard for me to parse that. Like, I think that there were some plays that Bones just, like, he's got to clean up. If he doesn't clean up, then he's never going to play for Denver in a particular situation. But there have been other guys, like, everybody else in the starting lineup outside of Porter, surprising, uh, had at least two turnovers, and most of them at three. Bruce Brown had two. Christian Brown had one. Bones had six. He just happened to kind of rack them up for the bench. But it wasn't a good, healthy ball security night for anybody on the team. So hard to really just blame Bones in that situation because I think the Miami defense really rattled a lot of what Denver did, and they didn't really handle it that well despite scoring 124 points, which is hilarious. Um, Denver can do better. They have to do better on the turnover front. But... I think they'll be fine. Um, anything else on this bench unit? I mentioned Bruce Brown, Vlaco, DeAndre, Bones, Christian Brown. Nothing major. Uh, you had four guys that were positives, one guy who was negative in DeAndre. Uh, the fourth quarter run, actually there was a third quarter run 
with uh, Jokic plus the bench, as well as a fourth quarter run, I'm pretty sure. Or was that? No, that included uh, Gordon as well. But that run from the nine-minute mark to the seven-minute mark in the fourth quarter, very, very important time. Denver was down at that point, and they cut that lead uh, in half at least. I think they cut it all the way down to three when it was up to nine. So Denver needed those minutes. They needed a big run, and the bench did help them in that situation. 28, 44, 50 points. 50 points from the bench. And that is just a number that you never really see. So glad to see that they're able to hit those shots. That was very, very important. Weird game for the team as a whole, but the bench was a positive in this one. That's a it's a good thing. Christian Brown didn't play enough. DeAndre was a minus nine still, but overall the bench was a positive, and that's really what matters most. So let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to do a little bit of New Year's resolutions on the rest of this season, including some personal ones. We'll be right back. back final segment pickaxe and roll thank you so much everybody for tuning in let's wrap this one up by we'll do some new year's resolutions in a bit but just a quick schedule update denver or standings update actually denver's tied for 23 and 12 first in the west with new orleans right now new orleans they have lost to head to head so those matchups might actually come into play later in the season i don't think new orleans is going to slow down that much from the win column they seem to have a really good thing going there with the way that their bench plays. It's just, uh, I've been talking with Matt Moore, HP Basketball. It reminds us both of the 2019 Denver Nuggets where they won 54 games. And it wasn't necessarily because their starters were insane, but the bench was so much better than what the current bench is right now, where you had Monte Morris, uh, Malik Beasley, Mason Plumley, You had Trey Lyles. He could give you something on occasion. Torrey Craig was very solid for the team. Uh, Denver had, and, and you also had Michael Porter, by the way. Uh, actually, oh no, you didn't have Michael Porter that year. He was 2019, 10, 20. Uh, but either way, like you had some solid pieces to be able to uh, throw out there. And they have Jose Alvarado and Trey Murphy and Willie Hernan Gomez. And uh, they've just got a lot of just talent on that team. And the starting lineup is very good. They haven't played a whole heck of a lot together, and they've still got some chemistry stuff to work out. But they're going to be a team that Denver's competing with for the one seed. So I think the next time those two teams play is late January. So they're going to have to circle that game on the calendar for sure. Pretty sure it's another away game. I want to go, oh, and uh, by the way, Denver 13 and 3 at home, 10 and 9 on the road. They are plus 6. In Doug Moe, which is road wins minus home losses. If you stay above, let's say, plus 10 for the entire season, Denver is going to, they're going to be very, very good. They don't have a lot of opportunities to build up right now because they have been on the at home as much as they have lately. They'll have another opportunity on the road, second out of back to back against the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have now lost five in a row. So there will be plenty 
of opportunities down the down the road here for Denver to build that up. But right now they're holding strong. It's one of the top marks in the entire league. And it's one of the reasons why Denver has the best record or tied for the best record in the Western Conference. So really good stuff there. Let's do some New Year's resolutions. I didn't want to overload this one because I think you could do a whole bunch of different stuff. I've talked about things like this before where I'm thankful for various things on the Christmas time. And there are certain things that I wish Denver would do, certain stats that I wish people would know. Here are the things that I have as my New Year's resolutions for the Nuggets, as well as two for myself. Five in total. Not going to go that in-depth on this particular segment, but these are three things that I'm thinking about for the Nuggets specifically. Number one, the Nuggets need to find a way to get Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. on the same page defensively. Offense is its own thing. It's all about reading the court. Michael Porter's doing a much better job of reading the court when he's hitting shots. Sometimes it doesn't even matter. He can just continue to burn when he's out there. And some teams just can't do anything about it. Some teams can, though, and there will be teams that, when they match up with Michael Porter in the playoffs, are going to pressure him. They're going to be physical. They are not going to let him get free. And those teams are going to have to. Like, they're going to try to pick Denver apart on the other end, too. It is not just an offensive thing that you have to worry about with Jokic and MPJ. You can hurt their offense, uh, the Nuggets' offense, by attacking Denver defensively. And this is Jokic, this is Porter. We've seen this multiple times in the last two games, and it's going to happen more and more. Porter is being put in the pick and roll a lot lately. He's having to guard guys like De'Aaron Fox and Tyler Hero and uh, Chris Paul and Damian Lillard and players of that nature. He's doing it in isolation. He's doing it in pick and roll. But he's being like those teams are making him work. Those players are making him work. They're hunting him out. And they are making him do the maximum amount of work because when he's on the court with Jokic, Jokic just doesn't have the mobility. So the player that he is paired with in pick and roll coverage has to cover for him from a mobility perspective. Jokic is really good in the short spaces. He's really good at uh, deflecting passes, at uh, sometimes even protecting the rim and, and making sure that there are various things that he can do. But when he's out in the open air, it is a lot different of a story. So Porter's got to be better at closing down those gaps a little bit. Those gaps are massive when he is coming off of a screen or somebody else is coming off a screen and he's getting screened defensively. And he's just so far behind the play in those situations that it's leaving Joker out to dry. So I need to get those two on the same page defensively for sure. Joker, MPJ, those guys, so talented offensively that if you can find a way to play them together defensively, the team is going to be very, very good and and just have plenty of runway. Their, their offense is going to be spectacular. The defense is going to be horrible, though. So going to try to see if Denver can fix that on this new year. Number two. This one's pretty simple. More Christian Brown. More. I, I need more. I am not satisfied with three minutes of Christian Brown uh, against the Miami Heat tonight. I think that that was a good matchup for him. A matchup where... 
You need somebody with size who can mirror Jimmy Butler, who can take advantage of Tyler Hero, and who can be physical enough at the point of attack to bother both of those guys, or at least limit Jimmy Butler's effectiveness. Christian Brown needs those minutes. He's good in those minutes. The team is better with him out there, I think, especially with that bench unit. Unfortunately, they are at an impasse right now, where you're playing a nine-man rotation. That is the best way to stagger one starter. The starter has been Jamal Murray. So when you're playing Jamal Murray and Bones Highland and Bruce Brown, the Nuggets had an opportunity against Phoenix to play Christian Brown at the four, and they did. And it was horrible, unsurprisingly bad. Uh, I, I can't really say that I'm surprised that something like that didn't work out that well. Now, you don't have to stagger Jamal. What Jamal is doing right now with that second unit is standing in the corner a lot of the time. I'm not sure he's being very helpful with that group. And if I look up the numbers on it, I have to imagine that the usage rate and the true shooting, probably not as high in elevating that bench unit's offense as I think a lot of people would hope. So maybe that changes. But until it does, I don't see why Denver doesn't just go with a 10-man rotation. Why they don't just go with Bones, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Vlako Chanchar, and I would guess Zeke Naji or DeAndre Jordan. That to me makes more sense as you're trying to get Jamal Murray back from the ACL, as you're trying to maintain everybody's health, try to play everybody just fewer minutes in general. The best way to do that is add another person to the rotation. The Nuggets have already proven to me that they can win games. They've done enough. The the one thing that they really haven't proven is whether they can defend consistently enough. I think personally that Christian Brown helps the team's defense. I think that it's kind of politics right now that Jamal's back out there with the second unit. He's getting some extra numbers and you're only playing nine. I think you should be playing 10. And I think the best way to do that is just to go full bench and try to go back to that again. Christian Brown's a little bit better than where he was at the beginning of the season. Bones is hopefully a little bit better than where he was for the majority of this first stretch here. And Bruce Brown's a little bit more incorporated. Vlaco, Zeke, I think those guys can also be helpful in this conversation. But Christian Brown, if if you're going to switch with Zeke, if you're going to switch with Vlaco, you need a bigger player. Jamal is fine. He's good. But there are opportunities for a six foot seven defender out there to take some pressure off of him. And if I were Denver, I would be finding more ways to play the dude. I know you're not going to bench Bones Highland. You're definitely not benching Bruce Brown. If everybody is healthy, I still think you have to find ways to play Christian Brown a little bit more. Three minutes, not enough. Find a, find a new way. And then number three. I think the Nuggets have to acquire the final piece of the puzzle. I think that that should be their biggest New Year's resolution, other than maybe the first two. Joker and MPJ got to get on the same page. Christian Brown got to find more minutes. But the final piece of the puzzle, I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure who. I've posited at some names. I've named some players in the Nuggets AMA. 
uh, whether it's Mason Plumley, whether it's Chris Boucher, Jared Vanderbilt, Thaddeus Young. I don't know who it is. It's probably a big man. It's probably somebody that you can trust in those non-Jokic minutes to not screw up, or at least to elevate the team a little bit. But for me, I am of the mind that the Nuggets do not have enough. I think that the best thing that they can do heading into January is to try to identify the best player that they can to go get in a trade. I think it's going to be a four or a five. It could be a three. Maybe that pushes Christian Brown out of the rotation, but if it's a good enough player, then so be it. But most likely it is a four or a five. Somebody that you trust to be in the playoff rotation every single night. Because right now, if I tell you that in a clutch game five against the Golden State Warriors, you need 15 minutes from Vlatko Chanchar. You need 15 minutes from Zeke Naji. You need 15 minutes from DeAndre Jordan. Which of those guys do you trust? Do you trust Jeff Green to do that? Maybe. I'm not sure if you should. I don't think Jeff has been that great this year. I think that Denver needs another guy. I think they need a big man. Whether it's somebody who can play next to Joker or not next to Joker, I don't really know. But the fact is, is that those minutes within the rotation have to be solidified somehow. I don't think it is an in-house solution. I think that the Nuggets need to go outside the organization to go find that out. So that'll be my New Year's resolution for Denver. Number one, find a way to get Joker and MPJ, MPG, MPJ, good Lord, on the same page defensively. More Christian Brown minutes, number two. And then number three, acquire that final piece, most likely a bench big. Two personal ones for me. I'm going to try to drop 50 pounds this year. I have been very good ever since, uh, like just over a year ago, I've probably dropped 60, 60 pounds uh, since just over a year, probably like 15 months. I can I can tell you the exact time, actually. Uh, pretty dark time at that point, coming out of COVID, trying to find myself again, trying to find what motivates me again. But I think the weight loss so far has helped, but there's still so much to go. So I'm going to keep trying to push myself. Uh, anybody else that is on that journey, just know that I am also going through it. And you are not alone in that that journey, my friend. Just uh, keep pushing. Keep pushing. The best thing to do is just to do better the next day. Even if you break and have, a, have a raising canes like I did tonight. And then number two, I want to tell the Nuggets championship story. I want to tell the story of how the Nuggets won the first championship in their organization's history. They've never been to the finals. They've never been to an NBA finals at all. They've gotten close. There's no doubt about it. Five games against the Los Angeles Lakers in the bubble in 2020. That was the closest this era has ever been. Previously, it was five games to the Lakers back in 1985. And then 2009, six games to the, well, Lakers. The good news is, is I don't think they're going to be stopped by the Lakers this year. If they are, then so help me. That is that is not a great thing. 
But I don't see a team in the West that the Nuggets cannot beat. Everybody has a weakness, including Denver. The Nuggets are one of the teams with the strongest weaknesses, with their perimeter defense uh, being highlighted as an issue due to Nikola Jokic's mobility, and then the rim protection. You can't just play him as a traditional guy. So you're going to be put into some compromised positions for sure. I want that to not matter. I want Denver to find ways to say, screw you, we're going to do it anyway. We're going to make it work. And if you can make it work, Joker is going to go from a player that I think people have some questions about still to a guy that you can never question again. Same thing happened with Giannis. One is two MVPs, still with having some questions due to the bubble run that they had. They were a lot worse than Denver. And they made it work. It was a long, arduous process for them, but they made it work. Denver has to find that new gear. They find it in the clutch all the time, with Joker and Murray specifically. With those two guys, you know you always have a chance. As long as you can get to clutch time. But for Denver to be a champion, and for me to be able to tell that story, they absolutely have to find some semblance of defensive consistency. I believe that they can, and I want to tell the story that they were able to rise above the perceived weaknesses, that they were able to get to those new heights. Because if they do, gosh, that's going to be a fun story. Imagine a more fun player to cover in a championship run than Nikola Jokic. I don't see any. All right. That is going to do it for this episode of Pick Action Roll. Happy New Year, everybody. The next time I speak to you will be in 2023. The Nuggets play the Boston Celtics on New Year's. So that should be very, very interesting. Really looking forward to that matchup. A nice little bit of revenge, maybe, for this Nuggets team. They've got some things to work on. They've got some things to figure out. But who knows? Maybe they do. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on this podcast for the year. As always, love you guys. We'll talk to you guys very soon.